Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp. September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Welcome to Your Life the Mixtape presents Headliners. Each week, I am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick. This week, I am joined by the lead singer, drummer, harmonica player of the Stone Foxes. They've got a new LP coming out on the 18th. It is called The Other Side, and I highly recommend you check it out. Please welcome the incomparable talents of one Mr. Shannon Kaler. Hello. Hi. How are you, Greg? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. I woke up feeling fabulous and I had my apple and peanut butter. I'm ready to go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, so let's dive right into this thing. If you could collaborate with any musician living or dead, uh, who would you pick? Oh, man, I would have to. It would have to be Tom Waits. Oh, I think nice. it would be really fun. And he lives real close by. So I live in the Bay Area. And I think he lives really close to my parents. Oh, wow. so that would be nice. But, so, you know. hey, Tom, if uh, if you're <laughs> listening, man, uh, look, I've got somebody who wants to work with you. Uh, you know, drop us a line. We'll Tom. make this happen. Tom. That's right, Tom. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm on a first name basis with all the legends. Let's... Oh, are you? <laughs> That's great. Good for Only you. in my own mind. Only in my <laughs> own mind. If I ever <laughs> met him, I'd, Mr. Waits. Mr. Waits. Well, and I've heard that he kind of tries to be discreet up um, in the north part of the Bay Area. But like his hair is bananas, like sticking right. up all the time. Like you can't hide your Tom Waits. <laughs> Describe uh, your latest project using only one word. Uh, healing. But that makes it sound like it's not a rock record, which it is. And it's like very um, we've been sort of saying that it's feels like well, like we wrote it to be sort of a Western rock and roll soundtrack kind of thing. Um, but it was a very healing record in the in the idea that um, I was dealing with a big heart surgery, an open heart surgery that wasn't really uh 
foreseen. It wasn't supposed to be open heart. And then it turned out to be the day of, and, um, my brother and I doing therapy to work on our anxiety, just like everybody else has their anxiety. And, and then having my fiance to sort of carry me through it all. And now we're married. And so, yeah, a very healing would be the right word. Nice. That's an excellent word. I like that. Yeah. I, who is an artist that if they popped into this Zoom right now and said, Shannon, I want you guys to come on tour with me. Who would you drop everything for? Oh, Rage Against the Machine. Nice. Even though I don't know if we're, uh, (laughs) I I mean, we have some ballads here or there. Ballads. I don't know. I mean, we hit pretty hard. That's what we do. Um, So I, I would hope that they would say, okay. But, you know, this is a dream scenario, right, Greg? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. It'd be pretty sweet. I know that. I mean, we played on the same festival list with uh, Tom Morello one year at South by Southwest. And it's just it's kind of bizarre when you grow up playing with some or listening to somebody and you're like, shit, that's the same state. I was on I was on that same stage, man. It's pretty freaky. It's cool. That's yeah. That's a cool story, though. Uh, well, watching him was cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you could change one thing about, uh, the music industry, what mm. would it be? Oh man. Um, you know, I think there's gotta be a way that we can figure out how to turn Spotify listens and listeners uh, and drive them to shows more because I feel like there's got to be a way that um, that we can sort of, you know, everybody's just sort of listening to their radio playlists or their um, uh, just released playlists, you know, the um, all that kind of stuff. But there's got to be a way that as an industry, we can we can kind of turn that into more active following people. And I think that that's, that's nobody's fault. That's just something I think we have to be better at. I like that. Yeah. I almost feel like they, they should run like, not necessarily an ad, but Mm. like just tag on like in between songs you know, if you liked this artist, they're playing such and such a city on such and such a day. Totally. Hit the hit the link in, you know, whatever to get your tickets and see them live, like something right. like that. And I mean, it would cost next to nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that they do some things like that, but, you know, I, I like that idea. I mean, if you heart a song then you get a notification or something, but yeah, they also probably don't want to pollute people with notifications. I get that. So it's, um, it's a fine line. So yeah, it's, but, but yeah, anyway, it's a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> what's I, what's your dream venue to play? Oh man. Um, Oh, the gorge i've heard the gorge is very cool up near uh up near seattle 
Nice. That would be amazing. Um, have because the 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 popular answer uh, to this question is Red Rock. Have y'all played that yet? No, I'll take that too. <laughs> I'll take that too. That'd be so cool. But I mean, I've been there, you know, walked around, and so I feel like I've seen that. But I would love to. I I haven't even seen the gorge, and I've heard that it's amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah. What do you think is um, your worst habit during the songwriting process? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, my worst habit. Um, oh, I have a terrible habit of um, uh, sometimes it's helpful, but uh, sometimes I will write a song pretty much to the exact melody of someone else and I'll write the same like different lyrics but to the same melody and then I'm hoping that my brother Spence who's we're the songwriting duo of the band and uh sometimes I'll hand him some lyrics or I'll just wait for an instrumental to put these new lyrics over and hopefully I can fit them and do a new melody you know it's just sort of a tool to come up with new lyrics so in one way it's really helpful but in the other way it's kind of like ah crap like <laughs> i just wrote lyrics to uh, like a rock or some <laughs> terrible song you know god so speaking of that uh that goes perfectly with this next question um what's what's a song that anytime you hear it on like the radio or streaming you go damn, I wish I had written that. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Um, well, Dylan has about a million of those. I guess if I was to choose one Dylan track, I, that's like, Dylan's <laughs> like a foundation piece, right? Absolutely. As far as like for my fandom. Um, yeah, I would say... Uh, High Water for Charlie Patton um, off of Love and Theft. I really love that record. Do you know that record? I do. Oh, hell yeah, Greg. (laughs) That's great. Describe your perfect day. Mm. Uh, So so, um, my wife of my fiance at the time for my last birthday, she took me on the ferry down to see a Giants game. And then we went up to um, our favorite little restaurant in little Italy out in uh, North beach in San Francisco. And so for my bachelor party, I was like, we're running that back. That's like the best day. (laughs) So we did the same thing. So I'll do that any day. I love that. That's fantastic. What is a song lyric, yours or someone else's, that's always stuck with you? Oh. Um, always stuck with me. Um, like that I just think of, that I just... Um, that just, you know, that stays on your mind. That like when you heard it, you were like, oh, that that hits different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Um, Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Elton John has this 
song, uh, Mona Lisa. Um, I just, I just thought that that's such a interesting Mona Lisa with Mad Hatters, sons of sons of lawyers, and it goes on. It's just like what an interesting coupling of words. Um, anyway, I think it, the lyrical choices on that are pretty interesting. That's fantastic. I like that. I love that song. Also, yeah, great song. I. Uh, what's your favorite cuss word? Um, I guess shit. Shit. <laughs> night. It's real easy. Yeah. It, it it rolls off the tongue well. Yeah. I don't like to say words like um, I have a, like this is even hard for me to say to you right now. Like I don't like words like um, potty or poop or those kinds of things. So like um, when I have a kid someday, oh, isn't that just like the cutest little shit? Or <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say, but it'll be something like that. I like that. I what is your favorite Beyonce song? Ah, um, oh, what's the one she did with Jack White on Lemonade? Um, it's uh, Don't Hurt Yourself. Uh, don't Hurt Yourself. It's the jam. It is. It is absolutely. That is um, that is my favorite song off that album. Oh, I thought you were going to say that is my favorite song, period, which <laughs> would be fair. This That'd is true. Good. Yeah. Uh, what's something that people would be surprised that you own? Hmm. Surprised. Surprised. Um. Well, I was going to say I own an old harmonica from Poland when we went, we did a, a, a festival in Poland and it's like a chromatic and it's from the World War II era. And it's oh, wow. really, it's really cool and beautiful. It doesn't sound so good. <laughs> but I'm also thinking, well, that's not surprising. You play harmonica. I own a kite. I like kites. Hmm. Or I did. I don't know. How about hey. that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If there was a musical Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. for you, who would be on it? Well, okay. So Dylan, the band, Van, uh, um, yeah, probably Van Morrison, Ray nice. Charles. Wait, that's already four. Crap. Hey, it's it's your musical Mount Rushmore. Well, I would want to get Jim James in there somewhere. Okay. Just because of the importance he's. I feel like Jim James is like uh, my generation's greatest performer as far as like a dude, you know, like yeah. there are the Beyonce's and things like that. But um, yeah. Yeah. But then I just left hip hop out of it. That's that's wrong. Um, no method man. No, I don't know. That's not fair. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> That's not fair. Um, describe your music using only colors. Well, so my brother does a lot of the design for us. So he likes to use a lot of reds and oranges and yellows. Nice. I see that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um, 
the 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 pictures uh for this uh that uh the the agency sent me uh oh yeah when i when i opened them i went that's cool as shit i love that oh cool right on cool so so definitely definitely let your brother know that that's that's fantastic well that's really nice so we're using a watercolor um uh palette that he put together for the album cover and we were trying to think of what we should do for promo shots and he thought well what if we project the watercolor on us and then our buddy photographer brian adler did a bunch of shots and that all worked out so it's the same watercolor that's on the album cover on the other side oh wow yeah see i love that even more <laughs> I'm, cool I'm, yeah. i am always if it like the visuals are are one of my favorite parts of music like if you if yeah. you can deliver great music as y'all do yeah. and you know fantastic visuals as y'all do um, you know, it's, you have a fan in me. So thank you. Yeah. Well, it's cool. We, we picked out this really cool orange swirling vinyl for the record too. That is, it's, it's gorgeous. So I'm, I'm stoked for that too. It's about to arrive, uh, oh, in nice. my apartment. I don't know where I'm going to put all the boxes, <laughs> but it's going to be there pretty soon. So you are the lead singer of a like super group. Um, who are the other members? Oh, a theoretical super group? Yeah. Let's see. Oh man, the other members. Um, well, could I replace myself with no. Zach Dilaroca? I'll do that. And then um I'll put Jimi Hendrix's uh um drummer Mitch Mitchell on the kit. This is it doesn't matter if they're with us or not. No, right? no, not at all. It's OK. Cool. Cool. It's like fantasy football with music. Right. I'll put. Um, hmm. There's a guy named Larry Campbell that I love, a guitar player. I'll put him on guitar. Um, and then who do I want to have play bass? Um. You know, I'll take our guy that plays with us, Tom Relling. He's nice. kind of been joining us over the last couple of years. He's hilarious. I'm just like, I feel like um, I know him pretty well. But when you're in a band, you get to know people really well. <laughs> and I feel like I'm really starting to get to know him. And uh, I enjoy his whole thing. He's, he's got he's he's in space, but you can also count on him. You know, he's nice. kind of a. Yeah. Excellent. Cool guy. So the the music industry big wigs um, come down from on high and uh, they they push a mountain of cash at you and they say, Shannon, you are allowed to cover one song from any artist's catalog. Money is no object. We're going to we're going to promote it. We're going to tour on it. We're going to do music videos to the whole shebang. What song do you pick? god um covers are the hardest thing in the whole <laughs> world by the way like i will stay up at night thinking i'm like oh what can we do what would be cool um i'll tell you this so we've been playing with graham lesh 
who is part of Midnight North and who is also the son of Phil Lesh from the Grateful Dead. So he's t- he's tied in with all these dead guys and um, <laughs> they're not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, yeah. so Graham is a great guy. And, and so he he's he was going on tour with us um, and I was a little trepidatious, you know, I was like, well, you know, I don't want to throw a, a dead cover at him just just to do it. But I had this idea and I wanted to weave in uh, some Howlin' Wolf smokestack lightning with uh, trucking because I could see that they're in the same key and we could kind of weave it in and out. And we came up with this thing together and I'm really stoked on it. And we actually it's recorded. It's on our YouTube and stuff. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah. So we did this cover of Smokestack into Truckin' into one of our songs. So I would continue to tour on that. I would dig that. And I'll take the money, Greg. (laughs) Perfect. What's a song uh, that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? Ah, okay. So we just, uh, well, so Time is a Killer is our latest single that just came out and it's on our new record on the other side. And it's totally, I think we had Tarantino in our heads when we were doing it and not just like, we don't write stuff to get on commercials and things like some people do. And that's cool. And like, and that can be a great way for people to, it's just really hard to let yourself be yourself totally and do what you want to do and to write like that. But I think it turned out that way. And I think it's just a, it's a great action film song, I think. And we actually have a new music video coming out for it uh this week so oh cool yeah so we decided to put it to our own movie so excellent yeah (laughs) so uh this next question is kind of a choose your own adventure type thing um i have three of the most cliche questions that uh musicians get asked in interviews and i will let you uh pick one that you would like to answer Mm -hmm. uh so your choices are who are your influences? Uh-huh. What got you started in music? Mm-hmm. Or what is your creative process like? I'll take what got you started in music. Excellent. And it's my brother because he didn't want to play catch with me anymore. <laughs> and we grew up far away from anything outside of Fresno in the in the hills about an hour east into the mountains and there wasn't anybody else really to play with. And so if he didn't play, he was busy. He got a guitar. So he was playing guitar and he stopped playing catch with me. And so I was like, I better learn an instrument so that I have someone to play with. Cause I'm not somebody who's good at just coming up with things to do by themselves, you know? Um, So anyway, he did. Yes. What what's your strangest pre-show ritual? Mm, I had a polyp issue for a second um, back in 2011 or something like that. 
And so I took some vocal lessons to make sure that didn't happen again. And I got this warm up that's do you mind if I do, I'll do a little hey, bit for you? Because it feels good. It's like you. And then then you try to go up in your register as high as you can into your head voice and it's very loud and um anyway it's pretty obnoxious to a lot of people (laughs) backstage so i usually ask everybody who isn't in the band to leave for their own sake nice um do you do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer uh no i'm a band guy <laughs> okay uh i the uh, artist i get that it's art and i get that um sometimes i feel like a couple of songs feel like art that i've written but then sometimes it's like i'm in a band um i think i think i when i'm at my best i'm in a band I'm Excellent. a band guy. Yeah. How many alarms does it take to get you out of bed in the morning? Uh, usually none. I'm up oh, really wow. early. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? Um. Well, I'll speak for myself. I would say, you know, there's a lot of um and a lot of okay i will say <laughs> i would say <laughs> i feel like i am i'm very genuine when i feel like you know there's a lot of community within bands and we're all there is a lot of niceness and all of that stuff between bands but i would say that um i can be really i get really competitive and i'm not proud of that but and it's not like I want someone to do bad, never want anybody to do bad or something like that. But I do. If we're playing that night, I want to be the best band like I want us to crush it. And so maybe that's not competitive. Maybe that's just uh, normal and OK. I th- I'm going to go ahead and say I'm OK and it's fine. Yeah, but no, but I th- I think the idea that musicians are just all mellow and um we're all one all the time um not all the time <laughs> sometimes it's yeah no that's in the, in in your defense of your answer um i will say that uh anytime i have a new episode come out i've got mm-hmm. i've got shows that i produce for friends of mine I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I really hope people listen to my episode first. Yes. So, well, so see, I, I feel that. Well, and that's natural and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the moment in your career that you're most proud of? Oh, man. I guess there's different things. Um, We were, uh, there were just a string of shows and commercials that we were on that I was pretty proud to be on. Um, 
like we had a song on a Jack Daniels ad on a Budweiser nice. ad and um we had a song in the uh in an Oscar winning documentary free solo um so some of those you know um Sons of Anarchy Shameless there are a lot of cool shows and commercials we've been on that I'm really proud of and that's really cool um I think playing playing all of the big Bay Area festivals, you know, we've played Bottle Rock and Outside Lands and Hardly Strictly. Um, doing all of those was really great. Um, opening for the Black Keys, opening for ZZ Top. Those were cool. Um those those kinds of those things are really yeah. cool, but uh, I I will say, and I'm gonna get into politics a little bit. Sorry okay. about that, Greg. That's okay. Um, but after the 2016 election, we had a hometown show in San Francisco, and I think um, th- it was just it was a very um for for uh in an election that I think for a lot of people felt like what's happening what's going on with our country um it was just sort of like a moment and a night where everybody came together and um leonard cohen had just died and our buddy vince sang hallelujah oh and it was just really cool we had the oakland school of the arts choir um they came and sang at the show it was just a cool thing. It was a very communal experience, which is the whole thing for us. So that uh, that might have been the feel good moment of the career, though. I like you know? it. So we're gonna we're gonna take it take it back a little bit. Uh, okay. What is the first song that you remember hearing? You know, it might have been Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes, um, Paul Simon. That's good. Or Teddy Bear Picnic. That's a good one. <laughs> um, there was, there was, we always had the, the Graceland tape. We oh, had nice. an MC Hammer tape. And we had some Michael Jackson. Excellent. So there was always that stuff. But for some reason, I feel like the Graceland thing was first. Excellent. I like that. If you could start your career over from the moment you decided that like music was it for you, Mm. would you do anything differently? I think so. Maybe. (laughs) I just feel like everybody probably has some things that, you know, oh, yeah. That might have been a little smarter, but I will say that I'm in an incredibly happy, peaceful place with music right now. I feel very free. I'm doing everything with my brother, which is awesome. Feels great. We're best friends. We're not one of those hit you in the face (laughs) brother duos. Um yeah, I just feel like we have a great band family. We're putting out a record. Things are cool. Things are really cool. Nice. What keeps you up at night? Hmm. 
covers, um, <laughs> set lists. And I'm not joking. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm seriously not like I understand folks who have OCD. Like I'm not, I'm not uh, making fun of that in any way. But I do think if I was to have an OCD tendency, the compulsive uh, writing of set lists is kind of crazy. And I think it's just we have a we have things that. Because we switch instruments a lot, I drum and then I'm up front and then I go back and then we have two guitars and people switch a lot. So I have to make sure that the set flows and the set flows very, it's really important. Or at least I think it is. <laughs> so yeah, that, that does, that does keep me up sometimes. Do you think um, maybe you would try your hand at acting full-time at some point <laughs> my mom thought that i should she's like you should do community theater <laughs> um i don't think that's probably a good idea okay yeah i i mean would i if someone gave me the opportunity yeah it'd be really fun yeah but full i don't know full <laughs> that's silly no okay <laughs> Uh, so tell us, uh, tell us about the other side. What what can we expect from the new LP? Sure. Um, well, it's it like I said before. It's sort of this um, Western rock and roll soundtrack. Uh, you know, lots of Ennio Morricone influenced um, stuff in there. Lots of big backup vocals, some horns. But it's really, you know, Spence played guitar and bass and rhythm guitar on everything. And I sang and drummed everything. So most of the song is is just the brothers. And then um, we got some help from Ian McDonald, who is a founding mem member of the Monophonics. So he's kind of he knows the old school way of recording and getting those real 70s, the really dry sound stuff. And nice. I'm not sure the record exactly turned out, you know, we thought that it might sound a little more T-Rex, but, but it did, but it did turn into a thing and it feels like the most cohesive thing we've done in a really long time. And it just really captures what we were trying to say and that, you know, there's all this stuff with the world being crazy. And then our personal lives, there's a lot of, you know, physical and mental upheaval, but there are these, um, these people are, you know, the people we love pulling us through all this stuff. And so for us, we hope that it's a healing experience, just like it was for us, because we would get together and talk about our panic in the mornings and then, and then record, you know, is recording. It was kind of was therapy in itself, you know, and could I tell you a story about the Absolutely. artwork? Yeah. Yeah. So the so the artwork, um, I had I had my uh, open heart surgery in twenty twenty, later in the summer, and I posted a picture of myself in a jacket, sort of supermaning with the stereo strips and the new fresh scar, on our Instagram, 
and a family friend who uh who is an artist she just sent me a valentine card which was a painting of that picture with the chest and everything and that's the that painting is the cover of the record oh so you'll see on the cover the the scar and the jacket and all that stuff and she went through some cancer treatment and our our dad had some health issues and you know the song on the other side which is track five kind of was this mantra for everybody and um so yeah uh, we're we're just proud of it and excited for it excellent i am i am also quite excited for it um so tell me what does the future hold for the stone foxes ah uh shows we're gonna play some shows which and like do the road thing play some festivals which we haven't done and well nobody's really done for a couple of years but <laughs> yeah we're we're just really excited about that and um and getting to play new music it's uh it's been a long time since we put out a new full record so this is kind of a um it's just it's it's it feels like oh shit yeah that's what this was like that's so cool so really fun and fun to play stuff you're proud of you know nice well shannon kaler thank you so much for being here today um i have i have enjoyed every minute of this and you know i i very much look forward to the new lp as well as everything uh that you guys will do in the future Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent. 